Welcome to the Weekly Boost. My name is Ricardo Bueno, and I'm a 10-year veteran of the real estate industry. And this podcast is dedicated to taking an honest look at the reality of marketing and growing your real estate business. My guess is you want to close more deals, whether it's working with buyers or sellers. But it's not as easy as some people, like bullshit marketers, would have you believe. I spend my day consulting with some of the best agents in the industry, which basically means I have a front row seat to the behind the scenes of world-class marketing campaigns and listing strategies, and I'm here to unveil some of those strategies and tactics with you. Listen in as I share what's good in real estate and the world of marketing. Let's go. If you're going to invest in lead generation, you've got to have an effective contact and conversion process in place to turn those leads into customers. Otherwise, you're just throwing money out the window. So who better to teach us how to effectively establish an effective contact and conversion process than Daniel Cross from Burst. They've analyzed data from millions of leads, so they've narrowed down on what works. And we're going to share those strategies and best practices with you. Let's get into the episode. What's up, guys? Ricardo here. Welcome to another episode. I'm super excited today because I have Daniel Cross from Burst, one of my favorite companies. And when somebody asked me, how do I get better about my conversion process? I feel like these guys literally wrote the book on conversion. So Daniel, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks, Ricardo. Great to be here, man. Awesome. Daniel, when I reached out to you, I had read your report on the state of lead conversion in marketing and sales. And I kind of wanted to go over a few things, ask you maybe some clarifying questions as we kind of go through and maybe pull out some best practices to share with our listeners. Sure. Whenever I share how many leads we helped our realtor partners generate in 2020, the number one question that I always get is, quote unquote, okay, but how many of them closed into sales? (laughs) What I often see is people kind of jumping from one lead gen solution to another, assuming that it's the quality of the leads that's the problem, but they never question the quality of the process or the lead conversion process. I love that we're talking, first of all, because you guys have experience in sort of establishing an effective process, but can you talk us through what you do and how you do it specifically? Maybe give us like a 30,000 foot view. Verse started as we actually were generating leads for agents and collecting referral fees as our method of payment. This was like in 2013, we were generate like when I first first started with the company, like my job was to go find real estate agent partners. Like, so for each metro area, I would go and, you know, talk to, you know, we didn't want the highest performing agent because they'd get leads all the time. And they probably had their systems or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of look for those like decent performers. And we we said, hey, we want to we want to put together a partnership. We're going to send you some leads. And then when you close them, just let us know. And then, you know, send us a referral feed. And (laughs) the problem that we had was that the agents like that we were sending the leads to to them, it was a lead. And. They may not have a system in place. At 2013, they definitely didn't have a system in place. <laughs> so we were sending them a lead and then checking in with them. We literally had a team of people whose job it was to follow Just up to with follow the up agents. Just to follow up on the agents? <laughs> to, see if, to see if they followed up with the leads. And we were like, this is stupid. So we, you were we, tracking we, pipeline. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so what we should do is not give the agents the leads until we've talked to the lead and we've confirmed it. Let's make sure we're putting good habits into place. Let's make sure we're contacting oh, wow. them quickly and following up. And then when we did that, the agents were super happy. They weren't having to do any of the follow-up. We were doing it for them. They were getting appointments and you know, we were just live transferring calls to them. And we were happy because oh, wow. we were closing way more of them by not having to, you know, giving them all the responsibility of doing the lead follow-up. Right. 
there was a little light bulb that went off uh, in our heads at the time. David Tall and Avi Tall, who are brothers, a co-founder, said, "Yeah, this is probably a problem with all <laughs> agents, right? Like anyone who's getting leads from Zillow or Realtor.com, maybe we can provide our like in-house concierge that we built to solve our own problem. Maybe we can do that for agents That's so as kind funny. of a, a separate service. Yeah. So how did you pivot out of selling referral fees to selling the, you know, the model as it is now? Basically, they were asking us, hey, can we send you our other leads? <laughs> you know, And we were like, you know, we have the team here that we, we have the technology that we built, our concierge platform. Sure. How much would you pay for that? You know, kind of thing. That's wild. And then uh, eventually built the business of agentology, grew our, invested a ton of money in the in the technology for the concierges so that they're efficient. And yeah. if the system is efficient, then we can afford to have good concierge is having the actual conversations because you'd have bad technology and make up for it with lots of calls and lots of labor. Um, and what we chose was, okay, let's make the technology super tight and really speedy and really efficient for the yeah. concierge so that they only have to have good conversations, right? And automate the rest of it. Less work for them too. Absolutely. And so we sold off the lead generation portion of what we do. We sold it to the, the referral network to Boomtown in 2018. We've just been focusing on offering the concierge service. So what we do is provide a 24-7 lead concierge for real estate agents, for mortgage professionals. We're in home services and other, other verticals now too, but primarily real estate and mortgage. How long have you been doing that now since you pivoted to the new model? 2016, 2017, we, sold the, we still had the referral network kind of mm-hmm. on the side. It was taking away focus because we were moving into these other verticals. But, you know, as we're moving into mortgage, you don't want to have like a referral network on the yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah. Kind of. Since 2016, 2017, we've just been focused on lead conversion statistics, on best ways to convert leads, best ways to engage leads, and empowering our concierges to you know, be professional and and have good conversations. Awesome. One of the questions I got, did a presentation this morning. The question was, am I hurting my business if I don't have AI or I'm not implementing AI in my business? AI is kind of a, it's a little bit of a stretch to, I mean, (laughs) it is AI technically, but we'll use an example of a conversation that says, hey, Ricardo, it's Daniel with so-and-so real estate team. Saw you're in, you know, it's a text that goes out that says, saw you're interested in in taking a look at the home at whatever do you want to chat via text or do you want to call? We don't need a person to receive a lead and then send that text out. So that's automated, right? Yep. And then if if they say text and the word is just text, well, then we know what to say next too, right? So there's conversation trees that, that are built out. And as the more leads that we get, the smarter we are about the possible answers and the possible... Possible scenarios. You know, exactly. So the conversation tree gets kind of thicker and wider and we know the AI can answer with a higher level of confidence that the next text is the right one to go out. Arguably, it's never going to be perfect. And yeah. when it goes sideways or when it, you know the response is funny because anyone who's doing online leads does it. <laughs> like, there's some interesting situations that happen and people want to talk with you about weird stuff. And uh, anytime that happens, it, it gets kicked in front of a concierge. So basically, the the... AI will answer if it has a 99.5% confidence that oh, wow. the next that's the right answer, which, you know, it, it happens usually at the beginning of the conversation. There are occasions where it feels like, dot, dot, you know, like, yeah, do you, or do you want to text? They say text, you know, just the plain word text. And then you say, 
have you been looking for a home or are you touring homes with any other agents? And the answer is no. Okay, here's the next one. And then at some point, though, what we're doing is either scheduling an appointment or live transferring a call. Technically, you could drop a scheduler in there, like a Calendly link or something, yeah. but then you're relying on them to fill it out and do it. So you're, we you're do putting it the people. onus back on them to do it. And exactly. That's a much lower conversion rate, I would assume. Exactly. So while we have them in, engage in a conversation, our concierge is pull up the Calendly or give a call. In some ways, your question was, am I losing out if I don't have AI? The answer is probably yes. Let's say you don't have Verse or you didn't invest in a call center. There should be something that goes out to them. So what's, some what's level the of automation. Exactly. Like the minimum standard now, if you fill out a form online and nothing, like you expect <laughs> to get an email and you ignore it, right? Yep. <laughs> You kind of now expect to get a text and you expect it to be a robo text that you might ignore, but you definitely look at it. If during that time that you got that, that was an offer to talk right now and it seemed like it was a real person, that's kind of what we're set. That's where Verse is shining and saying, we'll be that person to talk with them. But if you're a person who's not getting Verse and I'm just talking to your general audience, you should definitely have text automation in place because that's the very least that you can do these days. We call online leads button pushers and form fillers, and they're also instant gratification mm-hmm. creatures. <laughs> you have to be able to like, you have to give them what you're looking for. They're going to go find it somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting because I was just writing about it on LinkedIn today because it's never been easier to generate, like to fill a form before online forms. You'd have to fill out a form. You would only yeah. do that if you were very, very interested. <laughs> Right? Right. The lift is high. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I got to type how many fields? Yeah, exactly. And now you're on your phone and it's like form filled and you're like, (laughs) you just click. If the person's sending you an automated email, you're kind of like, all right, you know. So, yeah, I mean, the to to answer the question, automation is probably, AI and automation is probably the least you can do. I'm not going to lie. There's times where I get hit with the form and did it pre-fill and I'm like, I let out a heavy sigh. And then I tell my wife, I'll be right back. I go upstairs, I pull up the website, I type it in on the keyboard. I'm like, okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going through this report and I look at some of the list of challenges that are in here. And so one of the things that's listed in there is following up with leads before they lose interest and making initial contact with leads usually ranks high on the list of one of the greatest challenges in lead conversion. And I try to think back to, One of my clients, once upon a time, I consulted for Carrington Real Estate, and we generated leads for our agents in different markets. We would do Google ads, Zillow leads, and it was my job to kind of assign and round robin these leads that we were generating to what we called the lead team. We would basically give our agents leads, but I would say, hey, I'm going to train you on the platform first so that I know that you know how to log in and follow up with the leads. And then I want you to have some level of confidence on what to say because converting online leads, I think is still, it's hard. It's very hard. I think it's a false assumption to think we're going to run an ad for my listing on 123 Main Street. I'm going to find a buyer for my listing on 123 Main Street. Like run ads to sell the house the way you don't do open houses to sell the house. You do it to build a pipeline of of future business and, and buyers to find other properties. You guys talk about the consequences of slow lead follow-up. They immediately lose interest. They seek out your competition. They feel unappreciated by you. Is that something that you guys like invested heavily in? Like, What is that client experience or what kind of experience do you guys try to deliver to make sure that you're not creating a sort of negative connotation with the experience they get between your concierge and the handoff to the agent? 
That's a really good question because it was something that we struggled with in the beginning, which was growing pains, right? Like you can't bring on like 50 new clients in a month and the lead volume triples <laughs> and and there's a clock. We made a report with the chart lead response time and time to first call and all those things that were up on, it was yeah. like up on a huge screen and that can't not suffer if you're, when you're scaling, because then you go and hire like 15 people and you know, the next month you only sign up 20 and there's like some people sitting around and you go, <laughs> oh, it's, it's all, it's all anxiety inducing to me. And I'm so glad I'm not a part of that time, but <laughs> we built technology to get better at that. So that's where AI in the beginning takes the pressure off, right? Because if yeah. you're not responding, then the next text message just that's goes like a, out. That's like a low priority lead, in other words, or something. Exactly. So as they become responsive, that's when they get kicked in. So that you're not. So the concierges aren't doing anything that isn't important. All of that's being automated, and that's that's, that's good. Your point to speed to lead the report. I'm sure you'll share it later. One of the most beautiful and terrible charts is. <laughs> It's the pie chart that tells about the lead response times. Less than half of initial attempts to contact are made within the first 30 minutes, which is crazy. And, it, and you can check out the report. The report is yeah. legitimate. It's, it's, you know, it's thousands of leads. It's a bunch of different companies and they tested them, right? It's like, it's an audit. Yeah. And the shocking thing about that is when you go online and you search for the word uggs like, <laughs> yeah open instagram and like yeah. see what happens <laughs> like, <laughs> right like you're like it's like your buddy and then like some you know somebody oh you follow is amazing and then it's like an ad for uggs and you're like oh okay well there, there's the uggs <laughs> and, then, and then you pull up your computer and you like, open your laptop and then it's like oh. Uggs, the top screen and you're like <laughs> like, okay, so Uggs are $100, right? Or $200 or whatever. Yeah. You just searched for refinancing a mortgage or you just searched for the value of your home yeah. and you submitted a lead and nobody contacted you and you're not going to sleep, oh, oh, man. right? So <laughs> you put it in that perspective. So you're the client or potential client. You've submitted a lead. I'm the agent. I received it on my phone, but I'm busy. I'm with another client or I'm, I'm not able to take it for whatever reason. I don't get it. What are the chances that you stop clicking? What are the chances that you don't just like, you're going to look for the value yeah, of your home. That's what you're clicking. interested in. And what are the chances you're going to win them again? <laughs> like that, It's like zero, right? Like they're not going to come back to your website and go, I wonder like, when, when am I going to get that valuation or whatever it is? I, I use valuations because we're in that, that crazy market. Yeah, so yeah. The competition for that client for a listing lead is so high, it's going to cost you whatever it costs you, 100 bucks or 500 bucks or whatever it is to make sure that that lead gets instant contact or that, you know, in versus case, it's like 5 to $7 a lead. For $7 a lead, you can be sure that that lead is going to get contact with someone right now. And at the very least, that they're going to stop clicking for the time that you're talking with that. <laughs> this is for everyone, not, not a pitch for verse, but like, if you can have something set up for automation so that they are getting a text, if you can do anything you can to kind of reach out really quickly and say, especially booking an appointment, because the psychology of booking an appointment is once you have an appointment for tomorrow at 10, you've kind of checked that off your list. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow at 10. I'm going to go back to looking at whatever you're looking at. But you know that you committed to the commitment or you made the commitment and you're committed to it. 
yeah, you're, you're working with someone. Like, yeah. I don't need to, I'm, I'm going to stop looking because I've got an appointment with that guy tomorrow. And, you know, the no shows and all that happens all the time. They're like, people don't show up to appointments all the time, but you're much farther along than you would have been had you just, had you not sent anything or had you just sent like a the generic text or whatever. Try and get, if you, if you can, using verse or not using verse, try to get a time pinned down that you're going to talk with them later because it's going to make them less motivated to keep going and clicking. You've, they've already got someone they're going to talk to. I say this to you guys all the time, but I say, imagine the consumer is on your website or, you know, they clicked on your ad, they go to your website, they have your browser tab open. You want to make sure that the experience you're creating like is distinctly different because they have four other browser tabs open. Either you're you're following up, providing something of value or moving them further along the process, or they're going to go to one of those four other browser tabs with those four other agents. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, especially with phones, right? Like mm. that, those tabs not aren't even open. They're like they're on the next. <laughs> like, your tab's gone. Like your tab's in the back now. It's yeah. you know. So you're absolutely right. Like and and how to do that? Like how to create that experience? I think a good example in the mortgage world for sure. And I think probably you can find these all the time for real estate too. But the lead pops, like lead funnel, for example, oh, yeah. we use that a lot. I think they work with real estate agents too, but they do. They do a great job of creating those calls to action, walking people through so that they feel kind of committed, but also it's fun and it doesn't feel too serious and they're willing to kind of give it up and give you a lot of data on themselves up front. So that's kind of a neat a neat thing to use as far as engagement. We've done a lot of lead ads. So right now, the two lead ads that we're running is for sellers. I always say seller leads are a lot harder than than buyer leads. For sellers, we say it's a carousel ad and we say something like, where will we move uh, with so little on the market? Where will we move to next with so little on the market to choose from? Is it safe to sell during a global pandemic? What are some small improvements we can make to improve uh, the value of our house on the sale of our home? And then it cuts to the agent. If you're like most people considering selling in 2021, these are some of the questions that have popped into your head. Find out how we helped Ricardo and Ashley find their dream home while safely putting their current home in escrow. If you're someone you know is interested in selling their house, click the link below to get your instant home value now, plus download our free report on five ways to increase the value of your house that you won't find anywhere else. And then I think that's really, really smart. Again, create that experience where, hey, I got your inquiry, you know, I'm gonna follow up with you or whatever. On the buyer yeah. side, you know, one of our ads and and because right now it's we're we're buying into the lack of inventory, right? So it's like, hey, attention Los Angeles area home buyers, are you having difficulty finding the perfect home? Be the first to see new homes on the market and create your own custom homes list now. Get started today so you mm. don't miss out on that dream home. And then we send them to the Lead Pops free custom VIP homes list. And then Lead Pops does mm. its like 12-step funnel where it's asking them. I, I think it's smart because it's collecting so many different data points. What type of home are you looking for? Condo, single family, et cetera, et cetera. What's your credit score? What's mm. your purchase price? Mm. I mean, heck, if somebody goes down that rabbit hole of filling out all those forms, you can assume that's a pretty high intent lead. The buyer lead versus seller lead conversion percentage is something that we I was always very interested in because, you know, it's like the, you talk to the agent who's like two years in the business and they're like, you know what? I decided I should do listings instead <laughs> of be a buyer's lead. Oh, really? <laughs> that what you figured out? Like, good idea. You get that a lot too. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> 
I understand that it's hard to do when you're one year in or, you know, you're six months after your license. But the fact that it took you two years to figure out that it would be a good idea. (laughs) You're like, you know what I figured out? (laughs) It's way better to have the listings because then they come to you. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody's always saying, where can I get listing leads? Where can I get, where can I generate listing leads? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, especially now. But it's, it's always been like that, right? But as far as conversions go, it's a qualification game is really big because they converted about half of what a buyer lead mm-hmm. does. So if you're talking about engagement, like and a conversion rate to us, like a qualified lead would be someone who's not working with an agent, wants to talk to an agent, wants to buy or sell in the next six months, let's yeah. say. The conversion rate for a buyer is much, much higher, right? Pre-pandemic or pre-crazy market. Like this is just kind of how it's always been. And, 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 and mind leads, you, you're talking about this across... My sample size was uh, about 8,000 leads in 2020. You're talking about a sample size of what? I just want to put this into perspective for people. For buyer and seller leads, definitely over a million, maybe even closer to like 2 million leads from everywhere, right? From Zillow, from people's websites, Mm -hmm. from Realtor.com, from partners, from everything. So seller leads are about half, but... Would you rather have two buyer leads or one seller lead? Like <laughs> it's worth getting to a hundred, you know, out of a hundred leads, if 6% of them convert into real or convert into a conversation yeah. and out of those six, you know, especially in this market, one of them turns into a listing, like that's a win. The real issue is you might generate a hundred leads and say, all of those leads were bad. I didn't get any of them when you could have gotten six and six would have been a victory or they're getting eight and considering that a, you know, they're getting 8% and considering that a loss or considering that like those, those leads weren't very good. It's, it has to be in con in context, right? Six leads out of a hundred. If it's a listing lead and it's decent might be easily enough. How much does a hundred leads cost? Yeah. It's more about making sure that you make the most out of those hundreds so that you have the highest chance to get to the six, to get to the one it's, and if you only get to three, what can you do to make it to six? And to be a little bit more like some, some concrete examples, like some of the listing leads that we have, depending on how much they make them go through a funnel, like listing companies or lead generation companies for listing leads, the better ones will say like, are you interested in selling this home? In like, the next or is this months. just an inquiry? Right. Yeah, exactly. Or is this just an inquiry to find out what your home is worth? Because that's also valuable. That's pipeline no, that, stuff. That's, that's it's this lead motivated right now, or is this just you know a looky loop? Yeah, and and when that happens, it's between like fifteen and twenty percent to qualified lead if they're going through the question of yes, I'm interested. So use that as a as some kind of context. Maybe you can help me answer this one. One of the one of the first questions I always ask back. Everyone says I always want listings. That's first of all. That's what they always say. My first question is, what's your budget? It's always, what's your budget? Because the budget t- tells a lot. I think we're tracking at about 100 to 150 leads, nets you between, I don't know, one and or two and five like solid conversations or opportunities for transactions. On the buyer side, we're generating buyer leads between four and six dollars per lead. On the seller side, I always say you're going to generate leads at about 14 to per lead and you're going to have to do just massive volume to get those quote unquote qualified opportunities. Is that about realistic or, or what would you say? 
we're just following from the same example. You need 100 buyer leads. To, you need 200 seller leads to get to the same as 100 buyer leads as far as like people who are responsive. Um, and that's arguably in my own interest, but that's doing it perfectly, right? That's if you're that's if you're reaching out immediately, if you're following up effectively, if you're offering a conversation right at the moment of peak interest. If everything's dialed in, it should take 200 to get as many as you would for, of seller leads as it would to get 100 of buyer leads. And you're going to deal with a lot more nonsense of <laughs> not, it's not even their home, oh my right? Gosh. Like it's my grandma's home or, you know, there's so Wild many different stories and rabbit so holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So many different things to pet, to, to push through. And uh, the level of intent is usually just much, much lower at those seller leads. Buying it's, it's sexy. Buying is fun. Yeah. Selling is a pain in the ass. Uh, yeah. When you say the level of intent is low, how low do you think, like percentage-wise, if you had to sign a percentage? And then how do I circumvent that then? Is it by asking and setting up my automations to ask those qualifying questions? Well, you're going to get less. So it depends on what your goal is. If your goal, part of your goal should be to build pipeline and by offering to do free valuations and talking to those people who are not interested at all in selling, yeah. like maybe their neighbor's selling, you know, maybe their brother's selling. If they're willing to have a conversation with you about what their home is worth, even if they're not interested in a in selling in the near future, like, are you such a hot shot? It's not <laughs> worth your time to talk to someone. <laughs> like, no, but I don't know. Maybe you, you, you are. said it. You said like, a keyword that, phrase that Scott and I always zero in on. All of this is to create opportunities to have conversations with people. That's all this yeah. is. If you're going for the hard sale, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go for the sale, you should. But in my opinion, the goal should be to ask qualifying questions and schedule the appointment. The yeah. goal shouldn't be, I'm going to uh, have a signed listing contract as soon as I hang up this phone call, or why yeah. isn't this lead calling me back to make an offer on this house? Absolutely. And the fact that you won the like internet tournament <laughs> of getting a out, uh, Sam Parker of my credit guy used to say, like, <laughs> so he used that analogy, like, you won. Like you, you oh, did it. Somebody was interested in selling their home or they, they had a question about selling their home and you beat everybody <laughs> on the internet to be the person that they fill out the form for. Like, how dare you drop the ball when they, like by not answering them quickly or by not like, oh, being sweet and following up with them. That's funny. <laughs> you should make that a GIF. I'm going to make that a GIF. And when my <laughs> loon, I'm going to make that a GIF in my newly notification emails. <laughs> That's you great. What? That's really good. You guys obviously massive lead volume. You're obviously tracking a lot of different data points. Is there a specific cadence that works best in your estimation? Or is there a specific channel that works best in your estimation? At a minimum, I tell my agents, we're going to set up this automated drip campaign. We're going to set up your CRM. We get aggressive within a seven-day window with text and email. But I still recommend my agents pick up the phone and call. Fewer of my agents do ringless voicemail drops. It's just, it's a headache and it's a hill to climb to get my agents to record a non-salesy, somewhat personalized voicemail. And then it's an even higher lift to get them to commit to recording a bomb bomb video. But I think those sorts of things are worth it. I agree. I think a bomb bomb video specifically is really, really effective. We don't do ringless voicemails. Yeah. We don't do bomb bomb. We can put a link in there, like from us, but... We have cadences set up differently for, believe it or not, like different verticals. For example, like um, we're now in like senior living and we have different cadences oh, wow. for senior living. And 
we always start with, and I would recommend you guys start with this too, everyone, whether you use verse or not, is to start with an offer to call or text. Like that should always be the first text is to say like, hey, if you're happier texting, cool. If you're happier on a call, I can call you now. Trying to figure out what their preferred method of communication is so you can get on their level. So many people say, I can't talk right now. I'm at work, but I can text or call me at four. But if you would have just dialed, and, and they don't they pick up, ignore, and maybe potentially get put into that ignore zone of like, oh, that number again. Yeah, you know? that's funny. So text them, text them and say, hey, is, is this a good time for a call or do you want to continue this via text? Like, we can go back and forth via text for a long time. You can, we can text through our whole relationship. Who cares? <laughs> but a lot of people want to do that. Well, because it's easier to text, right? Your phone's sitting there, it rings, you check, it vibrates, you check, it does nothing, you check. (laughs) It's easy to look at text. We're conditioned. And then it rings and you're like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people, like, don't forget, a lot of people work nine to five and it's not as convenient for them to take a call as it is for you and I. I still don't pick them up. (laughs) But I'm not a real estate agent, so. That's Real estate agents should be picking up. You guys, it's their job to pick up. The other thing is part of my job is testing bigger companies to see how their lead engagement goes <laughs> so that we can go approach them and go, mm, it's not going so well. <laughs> um, so my phone rings like nearly constantly. That's funny. Uh, what is a good quote unquote engagement number? How many leads convert into transactions? I don't have that data because we don't track on a per agent level for you know for all of that stuff. But what I do know is I have this drip campaign that gets a 34% response rate. And we look at what emails are getting open. Can we change the headline on this email to try to improve it? What's a good sort of baseline metric to determine? And I tell my agents, hey, a lead isn't going to be ready to convert when you want them to be ready. As much as you want them to be ready now, they're going to be ready when they're ready. The best we can do is walk them through our process. We're integrated with so many CRMs. Like we're, we're... We're not trying to replace CRMs and CRMs are mostly doing the emails. So it's harder for us to kind of track that. It really depends on the lead source. Mm -hmm. So if it's a Facebook lead that that's just like a single, you know, short form showing them a sexy house, like (laughs) you're you're looking at like 60 would be like a good, a good response rate. But for like any decent lead source, it should be between 70 and, you know, 80, 85%. Yeah. So you should be seeing a decent response rate. There's so many ways to generate leads and there's so many different levels of leads that you, you could ask me a certain lead source and I could look it up and give you like that percentage. Yeah. But it's it, it does vary. In the home services world, for example, like we have clients who are doing leads for turf or for roofing or things like that. And those are like 95% response <laughs> wow. rates. And it's not like real estate. They're not like they want the thing that they want. And they know? want it now. Yeah, they want to know. <laughs> we used to practice this thing at one of the brokers that I consulted for. We used to practice this idea of uh, six calls equals success. In other words, your your response rate or conversion rate is going to go up the more contact attempts you make. You for guys sure. see a similar sort of practice, uh, the way your concierges manage that? There is a point which you get in trouble because they say, stop. Like, this is very <laughs> annoying. Leave me alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> And there are methods to it. Um, there are ways that you try to restart conversations that are not intrusive. And particularly, and this worked on me, I'm as a consumer, I submitted a lead for a certain property. That property didn't go 
you know, once a week or twice a week or whatever it is, take a look at the inbound leads that you have, look at the property that they have, pull up a property similar that's nearby and just text it to them. I'm not going to ignore that. I'm not going to say like, leave me alone. I'm, I might respond and go, that one's too small. <laughs> and now you've got, a, now you've got a conversation, right? Now you have some back and forth. So that, you know, they, like there's ways to add value to, them. to you. So, so you thereby yeah. find it valuable. Yeah, and you can't just ping them and go, hey, still interested? Hey, still interested? You're like, <laughs> well, I might be. Can you talk now right? in five minutes? Yeah, can you talk now? Do you want to talk? Is it better to talk now? But if you send me another property that's similar, I might open it up. And then if it's the right one, maybe it's totally not. It doesn't, don't spend too much time on it. Just pick one nearby. <laughs> what do you think? I feel like that's harder to qualify on the seller side. If yeah. I'm a buyer lead, I, sure, I can continue to follow up and keep sending you uh, like relevant listings that kind of resemble what you were looking for. But if I'm a seller, how do you continue to like pre-qualify that seller lead long-term? If they didn't respond to your first, are you looking to buy in the next four months? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and the data helps with that. If, there's, if you have some dynamic text built in that, that's using data, you know, recently sold properties, obviously, articles about market conditions, those, you know, anything that you, you the, the knowledge that you have that they don't know, like people don't know about, you know, what's happening. They, they kind of just rely on their neighbors or they yeah. look at Zillow or whatever. But any way that you can add value and present yourself as a person who's, who knows about stuff. You'd be, I mean, you, you wouldn't be surprised. But <laughs> I'm all, surprises me anymore. <laughs> well, I, I love, I'm not a real estate agent and I, you know, I'm not in it, but how long have you been doing I love it now? Out what's happened. I actually was in commercial real estate on the marketing oh, okay. side when I was out of, out of college, but, um, I've been in, in this for about four or five years, Nice, dude. but I love it. Like it's fun for me to look through the listings. Yeah, yeah. And I like knowing what's happening around, but not everybody's like that. <laughs> they don't know what's happening. You as the person who knows what's happening in their neighborhood, like, let them know, tell them, add some value to their experience. I, I shared this in another webinar or something or a call, but uh, a good follow-up email would be, did you know Costa Mesa home values increased 16.8% in 2020? Here's five reasons your home's value may have changed. Little sort of yeah. snippets or data like that. Or if a listing recently sold, um, an agent of mine used this one, but the property I went to through Main Street just sold for 50000 above asking. In total, it had about 18 offers in under five days. The neighbor across the street wanted to sell the house, but said he wouldn't sell it unless he could get $1.6 for it. Well, the listing across the street had sold for $1.6. Um, mm. She got the listing because she you know, wrote that email, shared that data. But yeah, Daniel's right. Find ways to leverage data. I think leverage data leverage recent case studies, your own case studies, your broker's case studies, or the local market case studies, frankly. Yeah. Don't default to, now's a great time to sell. <laughs> Differentiate your marketing and, and leverage local yeah. market case studies. Yep, absolutely. And that's it's also gossip, right? Your neighbor had 17 <laughs> offers on his house. And then, did you hear that Like John's house had 18 <laughs> offers on it? Like that's, that's something I would talk to my neighbors about. Oh, you that's know? funny. Towards the beginning, you, you talked about the importance of setting the appointment. Does it matter, you think, in terms of appointment success rate? Should the appointment be within 24 hours or could the appointment be, it's Monday now that we're recording this. Is it dumb for me to schedule an appointment as far out as Friday? Probably. The chances 
that they have a calendar the way that we have calendars is pretty low, depending on their job and depending on whether you got their work calendar or their personal, you know, their personal calendar. And if it was on my work calendar, I would definitely, you know, that if it would feel like a meeting, but it, if I put it on my personal calendar, like how often do I check my personal calendar? <laughs> Probably depend. There's a, cu- a couple different things about that. Like one is I even say, don't wait until the appointment. Like, let's say Verse books you an appointment today for tomorrow at 9 a.m. because they're at work and they, for whatever reason, don't want to talk today. Is there anything stopping you from sending them a a text with like, hey, I'm excited about the meeting tomorrow. I had a couple, like based on where you live, I had a couple ideas or a couple places in mind or whatever whatever it is you're adding. Preempting. The same dad. You're preempting. Yeah, preempting and saying, I'm stoked about the call tomorrow. Sometimes they're pushing it off because they're just pushing it off. If you send them something that's sexy and exciting, maybe they'll talk to you before tomorrow. Like maybe they're okay with, hey, can you jump on a quick call right now? The other thing is when they're booking, let's say, it could be because your calendar is booked. You might actually have a full day or you blocked your calendar yeah. for whatever reason. But And so they, they booked for tomorrow morning. If you're only blocked because you're you wanted some me time, but you have the potential to talk to someone who wants to list their home, are you going to wait till tomorrow? Or <laughs> I wouldn't you, take that appointment. Would you? <laughs> take a break from that me time and and make the call so i always recommend like appointments with civilians are sometimes like a placeholder for interest and for a conversation it's not they don't always keep a tight calendar so just be i would say be very proactive i wouldn't book appointments very far out and even if if you do i would still follow up with them beforehand telling them what you're going to talk about at the meeting that's the other thing about meetings and appointments if it's a listing appointment, for example, if it's a listing lead mm-hmm. or if it's a buyer lead on a listing lead side, let them know what the call is going to be about. Let them know what, like, this what is not, expect. what's the meeting? I don't, yeah. yeah. What, what is this meeting? At the meeting, I'm going to show you some homes that have sold in your area. I'm going to show you what I think your home is worth. I'm going to give you a presentation that, that lays out all the other reasons why I think it's worth this much or whatever. So that's what we're going to talk about. I have a couple questions about the condition or the remodeling that you did in 2019 or whatever it is. And you're going to lay that out because you're not adding any value to the appointment. If you're not adding any value to their situation, like what do I need you? What's increasing them? Yeah. What are we needing for? Or is it a sales pitch? And you want to add some value to create some excitement about the meeting instead of being entitled to it's my meeting. You booked (laughs) it with me. Like, how rude of you, so, you know? so I always say in sales, you're, you're pre-framing, you're framing the conversation how you would like it to go. So if yeah. you're getting seller leads, one of my initial emails, and I used to share the script a lot, is, hey, thanks for requesting a quick CMA. Here it is. Uh, but just keep in mind that this is an automatically generated report and it is not meant to replace the experience and instinct of a local real estate professional. That's where I come in. In the next 24 hours, I'm going to give you a call to schedule an appointment to review some of the properties in this report and several that are not together will remove any outliers and arrive at a fair and accurate valuation of your house. If you have any Mm. questions before then, Daniel, feel free to call, text or email me at this number. Otherwise, I look forward to connecting soon. You're you're just you're just framing that conversation or or like the, the expectation of value or the expectation of just next steps, right? Yeah. And then years ago, before I was, when I was a, I got started in the industry as a loan officer before the subprime market collapse. I was young, baby faced. Agents would tell me, go get some experience, then come talk to me. And to the consumer, I would just, I would send them an email. I had a website that said, you know, hey, Daniel, I'm really looking forward to our meeting tomorrow. I'm sure you're going to have some questions about today's current interest rates. 
So here's a link to my website uh, where I talk about what's happening on the economic calendar that's going to impact mortgage rates, which you lock your float your rate and pricing on a 30-year fix. And then because we don't know each other and we're, we've only just met, here's the link to some recent customer testimonials from other realtors and consumers just like you. If you have any questions, jot them down. Otherwise, look forward to connecting tomorrow. And again, I'm just delivering or setting the tone and expectation for, for what they can expect to get out of that meeting coming up. Yeah. I think it just reinforces that, yeah. like you said. To circle back to originally what you were saying about agents saying this lead source was bad or I didn't get anything out of that. It's misplaced, but there's an entitlement once an appointment has been set that that's my appointment. When they don't show up, there's a the tendency to say like, people these days, right? Like they just don't show up. <laughs> stuff. And the reality is you failed to create an experience. Like, yeah. You failed to bring any value. You think they're going to show up because they booked an appointment with you because you got them off the internet, like, cause you, you won, but where's my buy-in as a, as a person who just, I want some information about this home and you have different intentions. I just want to get some information, but you want to be, become my agent. And I, you know, maybe there's an idea that those intentions are, malicious, not malicious, but like there's a yeah. sales intent and there's all this like, you can disarm all of that by telling me what's going to happen and how you're going to help me and how you're going to bring value to me and not doing that. And then just expecting the appointment to show up is like, <laughs> like some brat. You're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> like, awesome. It's not just an appointment. It's an appointment. They've agreed to meet with you and that's not necessarily ironclad. You, you really need to bring some value and make it so that they have a reason to do so. Daniel, can you put your consulting hat on? Where would you advise me, Ricardo, agent for a few years? I'm, I'm really looking to step up. Where do I start to audit my systems? We always say the best way to audit is to audit. Like mm. put your wife's phone number in your website and see what happens. <laughs> see how she feels. See what the consumer experience, like take your wife's phone or your husband's yeah. phone or whoever, and then you know, go to your website and put your information in. And if by, the automation, by, by the way, you guys, this is literally better if you don't do it yourself and but rather actually have somebody run through it. Because yeah, your, your lens is going to be so different than somebody else's. That's true. That's a good point. That's kind of what we do when when we're looking to talk about big partnerships with some of those companies, you guys would be I guess maybe you, maybe you wouldn't be but I was so surprised at how these really, really large extremely very well bankrolled <laughs> companies have really, really bad lead engagement. Oh, and, wow. and that's, it's why we exist, but I've tested like the big guys yeah. through their corporate sites, right? You go, if you go to like the big uh, brokerages and go to their corporate sites and put yourself in as a lead, I'd put myself in as a seller lead at one of the bigger top, top, top brokerages of the country and put myself in as a seller lead in San Diego to sell our home here. Yeah. Nobody ever called me. <laughs> Literally. Awesome. Nobody called me. I <laughs> when you want to figure out where to start, audit yourself, see what the experience is like, see what happens when you don't respond, see how that feels. As Ricardo said, have someone else do it and tell you what they thought. You want to make sure, make sure you have a Calendly link. I'm sure you all do, but that's kind of a crazy easy thing to do that yep. everyone should be doing, right? You put a calendar link in your, put it, yeah, put it in your Facebook profile, put it in your LinkedIn profile, signature, Instagram, everywhere. Like, why not make it easy for people to, yeah, make it easy for people to talk with you. The calendar pages I have is buyer's consult, seller's consult, and then we, we use a textual info number. 
So Jesse Bowden, who talks about uh, call action, has a great sort of strategy called the 24-7 open house strategy. It works really great for that. That's minimum is something that you can easily do. That's something that people ask us for all the time. Like, okay, we're going to book appointments for you. We're going to live transfer calls. And they go, okay, well, how are you going to book appointments? And they go, oh, you just use Calendly. They go, Calendly? (laughs) I've heard of that. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's easy. You do that. Make sure you have that. Make sure that, as I said, if you can automate that part of the first text going out, offering a phone call or offering a text message, do that. You know, it's less about what you do at the gym. It's more that you show up to the gym. Yeah. If you just keep going, that's not necessarily true with follow-up. There's ways to optimize it. But if you do kind of stick to the fundamentals and make sure you're there quickly and make sure you're there often and make sure you're providing value, the rest is kind of things that we can kind of tweak and, and make a little bit better and optimize for. But how do we check ourselves? to know that we're doing it right? Is it just going through and powering through a 200 crappy calls, like recognizing the patterns? Like I always tell my agents, hey, you're not going to get a thousand different objections. You're going to get the same 10 objections phrased a thousand different ways. Isn't it really yeah. just kind of spot checking for what the objections are or what the questions are that you're going to get and then just learning how to navigate those depending on the lead yeah. Do you mean like when you're starting to try and figure out whether our lead source is viable or yeah. whether you're doing... Yeah, yeah. Okay. One way is tracking metrics, just like any other sales staff would be what percentage of them are responding, what percentage of those. Sometimes it is the leads, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't discount that completely because there are times when we have... If you're expecting the response rate to be, a, let's say, 70 as a benchmark, 70% out of the total, let's say you're expecting like a 15% or a 10% conversion to appointments... And if you can separate, this is where good metrics come in handy. Um, on the Verse platform, we have the ability to separate all the different lead sources. And then you can check you can check what their response rate was. Yeah. So it's one of the benefits of having someone else do it for you. You can see that particular campaign that I ran on Facebook got a 70% response rate, but the responses were all bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> they all told us to F off. <laughs> It was attracting the wrong people, right? They were looking for a $300,000 home in a $700,000 area or something. Something about this wasn't right. And here's here's where you know because the response rate is high, but the qualification rate is low. So keeping track of your metrics, like most people don't. They just say, I got leads and here's how the leads did. You should separate them out. If you're running a new campaign, have them go to a different place or tag them so that you know they're coming from that. And then check in each week and see what what the response rate is, assuming you're not changing anything and you're not, that's the other thing. God, getting metrics means you have to get, you have to do the same thing every time, right? Science, you have to apply the same variable to each different lead source. And then you get to figure out what's good. You can't call this one seven times and call this one one time and say, (laughs) well, this is better. Yeah. So it's really important that you, if, if, if within your CRM, you, um, you separate out the different lead sources so that you're able to track what those were. And it takes a lot of discipline, man. And that's, there's no lie about that. Well, the hardest part is also every CRM speaks its own language and it's almost like it's a big hill to climb to get into a regular cadence of, or like learning a new system. But if you can just get into a regular cadence of daily logging and tracking your activities, instead of like worrying about which platform has the better features, I think that'll knit you a better outcome, just getting into that daily habit. Yeah, it's the cycle of like partway learn a CRM, kind of get into it a little bit, 
don't have success because you didn't complete the training or you didn't keep yourself disciplined to do it. And a couple months later, you see an ad for another CRM and think <laughs> that might be the key. Uh, we talk to people with like multiple CRMs all the time and they just don't know what, like they don't know why they don't quit the last one. They've got, they're using like four systems. Like, <laughs> well, well my got... Zillow leads go to follow up boss. <laughs> yeah. I got I've some... got line desk for my Facebook. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And you always go, why? And they go, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> You're <all> why? <laughs> it's like Paramount Plus. Like, I have Paramount Plus now. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. Don't get me started. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have to add up. There's a. Did you see there's like an app for that? To like tell you where you're spending all your member- yeah, it's, so many it's, memberships. It's now? true bill. And when I connected yeah. it, I literally let out a, a big heavy fa why. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check that out. I'm literally looking so at if you're a realtor listening to this. I've said this before, but if you want to give yourself an instant raise, download True Bill, see where all your recurring subscriptions are, and start canceling some stuff. <laughs> yeah. You probably don't need Lion Desk and Follow Up Boss. No, consolidate your systems. Yeah, it's okay to have like a master Google spreadsheet. You know, when a newly comes in, the end of all of our zaps is add row to spreadsheet. We keep a master yeah. spreadsheet, so it's a good idea to do that. But literally, don't don't burden yourself with the headache of like chasing shiny objects. Literally, just get into the habit of tracking your daily activities, and that'll net you a better outcome. Yeah. Daniel, where can we learn more about what you guys do specifically? And, you know, if we want to inquire about what you guys do and how you can help us out. You can go to the verse.io website. There's a, if you want to book a demo, there's a bunch of kind of case studies and things on the website that you can cruise around. But if you do want to book a demo, go to book a demo. And I think it'll say, where'd you hear about us? And you can put in, you know, podcast or. Awesome. You can always email and reach out to me. I'll, I'll connect you to the right person. My email is dcross at verse.io. Um, so just send me an email, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll make sure you get to the right person and then we take care of you. Awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks, Ricardo. All right, guys. Catch you soon.